Welcome, everybody, back to Stranger Damies. This is Campaign 2. If you're watching us live on Twitch or maybe on YouTube, you can see we're now doing full video, and uh, there's the map that I drew in the middle of the screen there. Um, all the character portraits are below me. And then our five heroes are up top there with all their new names and characters. We've got the Twitch chat over there. Um, so, uh, guys, before we get started... Um, we all excited? We ready to go? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, yeah. let's start it off. <laughs> new campaign, which means new theme song. Let's start it off with uh, our new theme song here. Thanks and special shout out and thanks to Lavalette for letting us use this uh, theme song. So, guys, are you ready to play campaign two of Stranger Damies? Yes. Yeah. Finally, all right. please. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> do it. Thank you once again, Lavalette, for that theme song. Um, it's his, their song, Wasted Love. Um, be sure to check it out on iTunes and all that. Guys, let us uh, enter the world of Volsaf. Uh, our campaign is set on the continent of Volsaf, as I mentioned. Um, a land that is always on the verge of war. But not between the humanoids and giants, as you would think. But between the non-giants themselves. The two warring empires of the Twilight Seeker Dynasty and the Jordan Dominion um, have been going on for many, many centuries. As they enter their 50th year of peace, the kindles of war are beginning to appear, and while some have a thirst for it, others are trying to stop it. But for most citizens of Volstaff, they are just trying to ignore it and live their lives. Unknown to all, the land is a tinderbox, just waiting for a spark. But, our journey begins on a slightly smaller scale, on the Emerald Brook coast, where a thunderstorm has settled in. Loud crashes of thunder conceal the footsteps of our two humanoid figures as they run through the forest. But, the nearby lightning strike illuminates the area briefly and reveals their location to their pursuers. An arrow whizzes by the head of the more heavily armed of the two and pierces a ne nearby tree and sets it ablaze. There is no more hiding as the burning tree brightens the forest all the way to the coast. Uh, so, uh, Aunt and Dan, uh, what are you guys thinking as you're going through this forest? Uh, I immediately cover uh, Barris. I tell him, Barris, run, keep going. I turn around, I fire one of my, uh, fire from my six-shooter. Yeah, so, Barris runs. Yep, so, uh, yeah, you turn around, fire, um, uh, roll, uh, to hit. Alright. A 22. 22, that definitely hits. You nail the person that shot the arrow at you about, uh, 60 meters away. 
um, and he falls down, but there's still dozens of footsteps trailing behind you guys. You approach a clearing. Um, as you enter that, uh, you look behind you and just see this massive force of people coming towards you. But you turn around to see in the white sand riverbed and lots of stones and pebbles thrown around, but you look up and you see a respectable sized ship anchored at the coast um, with three figures of different size watching you guys flee. So, uh, Jen, uh, Jonathan, and Tom, uh, what are you guys doing as you see uh, Baragon and Barris emerge from the forest? Did that guy just fire a gun? I What's a gun? <laughs> What's a gun? <laughs> uh, it's a much more powerful bow. I Ignatius, guess. we have to get you off this off this land a bit more. I think I think you're starting to to be a little, you know, narrow-minded a bit. Well, that's not my fault. This is where I'm from. <laughs> so I guess we're just watching watching this unfold, this action. Yeah. I keep shooting, by the uh, way. I'm just constantly shooting. Who are shooting. they being chased by? Uh, you guys don't see. Um, they're still within the forest. Uh, so, so uh, Mark, yeah. so to explain, that we are running from one group, and we are running towards another, another group that yeah. are just as ornery as the <laughs> ones we're fleeing. Yes. And I'm, yeah. assuming, I'm assuming to our side, either the left or the right, is where we see this ship. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and to, um, yeah, to fill in a little bit more, um, we tried a little bit different of a start here, but, um, you, uh, Barris, um, had, uh, put in a bit, uh, put in, like, a notice to have a ship come pick you up in this location, um, uh, a few months ago, and, um... If I know anything about this ship that I'm expecting, does this kind of, does this ship look like the ship I'm expecting, or no? Yeah, you uh, roll a perception check to see. Fourteen. Fourteen. Um, the ship doesn't look as great as the uh, the captain led you to believe when you uh, met with her to uh, uh, set this up, but you do notice um, the very um, unmistakable look of, of, of uh, Surreal standing on the boat, uh, sort of waving you towards... Um, the shore. So I turn to uh, Barry and I say, well, it's not quite the uh, yacht and pleasure cruise that we are used, used to uh, follow this ship, but uh, what do you say we uh, amscray over there? It's a good idea, Barris. Let's go. So we run. We run towards that ship. Yep. So you guys run over towards the ship. Um, the three of you on there, what are you doing to help them uh, get up onto the ship? I'm standing there with my arms crossed because I'm I'm not happy that <laughs> all of this action is coming towards my ship. So I'm How just standing away? here like. And I, I'm, away, I'm just gonna kick like a a board down so they can run up it. Okay. Uh, so give me um, athletics checks, uh, Baragon and Barris, as you try to climb this wood plank that has just been thrown in front of you. Athletics, not good. <laughs> well, that's a three. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you see them get a few steps <laughs> off the plank and slide right back down. Uh, Ignatius. Maybe a little um, bit more assistance there, giant man. 
I'm going <laughs> to throw a rope down to help pull them up. Yeah, and then you guys see emerge uh, next to uh, Ignatius uh, this uh, giant, like, metallic-looking uh, figure. And to you, as you um, see the rain just sort of bouncing off uh, them as they uh, throw down a rope, and then you guys can easily use the rope to pull up onto the... Uh, onto the ship. Um, as you guys get up there, you turn around, and um, you see emerging uh, from the uh, cloud a giant 10-foot, uh, um, looks like a humanoid cloud, just comes in and um, inhales, and right before it's uh, about to let go, um, you notice, the three of you that have been on the ship and have not been chased, um, they have let about two to three dozen soldiers running out of the forest with this uh, humanoid cloud. And um, uh, do you do anything um, to try to get away, uh, Captain Surreal? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm running around the ship now because I fucking hate soldiers. I'm like, we got to go right now. Everyone get on the ship. Let's go. We're leaving right now. And I'm like, you know, untying things, and I'm trying to get the sails to fluff, and I'm, I cast Unseen Servant, and I'm like, hoist the anchors, <laughs> throwing out all these pirate lingos because I haven't studied up on enough of it yet. And I'm just trying to get the hell out of here as fast as possible. Hoist the anchors. Is there, hoist the is anchors. there a way, uh, Captain, for you to make haste a little more hastily? Well, maybe if you guys help me out, we can get going a bit faster. How about uh, that? Uh, very help them out. I do not do manual labor. <laughs> so, uh, as soon as you... Uh, how, you look far, weak anyways. how far away are they, Mark? Uh, they're probably, at this point, um, about 100 feet or so out. Uh, do I notice anyone who's... Other than the giant cloud man, do I notice anyone who might be higher ranking? Uh, no, they just... Uh, all look like normal soldiers to you from this distance away. Um, and just as you... Okay. Uh, give me a perception check um, as everyone else is running around. Um, you know, the anchor's being pulled up. You're looking in to this crowd. Uh, 18. 18? Yeah. So you, you spot immediately. You're seeing, you're like, all right, this just looks like, you know, regular infantry soldiers, not, not any kind of a high ranking there, but as you're looking in, you notice you see the uh, the giant figure let out uh, the air that he had breathed in, and it hits the sail just as uh, Surreal has pulled up the anchor, and you guys take off um, from the coast at a speed you not really comfortable traveling, Surreal, uh, but it is getting you away from this danger at this point. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so, so we we've, we've just left dock. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, you guys, you guys shoot out, and you the coast uh, that you just left gets smaller and smaller really quickly um, until you cannot see it anymore. And then once you come to a stop, sort of, um, as you are, you know, on the waves, um, you are far enough away that you can't see anything behind you, um, but. Uh, give me a uh, perception check, uh, Surreal. 17. So you notice as soon as you come to the stop, you can see uh, the land of the Enclave um, about a few uh, 
probably uh, right along the horizon. So, you know, you can get over there within a few hours um, and at least be able to dock on somewhat friendly territory as you leave uh, the uh, the borders of the uh, Twilight Seeker dynasty. Okay. Um, Surreal, what kind of trouble did you get us into this time? I am not the one that just led a bunch of soldiers to my ship. I would never do that. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, we should be able to get to the next island in about three to four hours if we, you know, continue at this pace. Uh, Barris goes and looks for the captain's uh, quarters. He doesn't he doesn't make he doesn't a- ask questions to the captain where it is. He just goes and looks for it. <laughs> uh, give me an investigation uh. check to see how quickly you find it. Nine. Rolling well so far. Thank uh, God we're not in combat. That's all yeah. I care. Yeah, so uh, with that nine, um, it, it takes you a lot longer than you would like, and also um, it definitely is below the passive perception of, of Surreal. Um, and she kind of notices you poking around the ship. Exactly what you're looking for. Oh, oh, I'm just looking for a shady spot, uh, you know, to get out of uh, harm's way if you do, if you say. Uh, you got a captain quarter over here where I might uh, rest for a little bit. We've been running around for quite some time, me and my uh, esteemed colleague here, Barry. Um, we need to find a place to rest a little bit. Uh, I do have a captain's quarters, not for you, because you're not the captain. But you can uh, maybe lay down in a corner somewhere below decks. How does that you, uh, mm-hmm. Is there like a, a nice chair there or there's something that I could maybe put my feet up but, you know, but I'm not quite used to uh, you know, a, a damp corner as it seems like you have presented to me as a place to rest um, uh, I sim- simply will not do I may have a bag of potatoes you can lay on Would that be comfortable for potatoes. you, your highness? Um, mm-hmm. Is that a euphemism? Um, no, uh, you, know, you don't need to... Uh, Give me the gallantry of uh, your highness, of just simply Barristor Monte at your service. This is my master at arms, uh, Bergon Balbinski. Strong name. Captain. Nice to meet you, Barry. Barrygond, was it? Barry is fine. Barry is fine. All right. Uh, Well, like I said, you can Uh, find somewhere to lay down below decks. And uh, next time we stop at a port where we're not going to get murdered as soon as we step foot off the ship, maybe we could find you some proper bedding. How does that sound? It it will have to do. I'll I'll make make use of what you have below deck. All right. Enjoy. All right, Uh, so he's going to... He's going to find some, more or less, he's going to ask Barry to find him something to sit on, maybe a crate that he could put, like, a handkerchief down to sit down. To, he doesn't want to ruin his uh, his fancy clothes. Alright. So, uh... I'll find a, a shady spot for Barris. <laughs> uh, give me an investigation check. and see how long it takes you. Okay. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Um, you're used to doing this for Barris. Uh, th- this is one of the things where you know his taste. You know what he's looking for, and you go and you find um, uh, a nice little uh, part of the 
uh, where most of the crew would sleep, and you sort of reorganize it to be more to his liking and private off it a little bit, you know, section it off a little bit. So, um, yeah, you, you get him settled in. He has his own private quarters, in quotes, um, on this ship here. Um, uh, Rex, uh, are, what are you doing at the moment on the ship? Um, I assume that I'm still working on trying to get the ship in ship shape and um, <laughs> uh, then also trying to like yeah, dealing with the rigging and stuff like that since we took off faster than expected <laughs> and uh, Ignatius um, are you doing anything particular or do you want to talk to anybody on the ship um, I, I imagine I'm just helping Rex at this moment trying because clearly we were not prepared I mean, who As gets you, prepared for things, right, guys? Um, also, <laughs> I I heard some of their conversation, and I did not want to get involved with um, Varys. <laughs> I don't need to be ordered around by anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll make my way up to uh, to the the deck. I just kind of want to check the surroundings, maybe. I didn't get a chance to really notice the other members of the crew, so you just kind of, since I'm not really sure where I'm at, just kind of take a look at them and size them up a bit. Yeah, give me a, um, uh, you can roll a perception and just kind of look them over, or um, an insight if you want to try and read them, like whichever way you uh, want to go with that. I'm going to do... You know what? I'll do an insight check. Why not? 19. 19? Oh. Is that for both of them or just yeah, for just one? Just pick one. Like, do, you, do you want me to do Okay. Uh, I'm going to take a look at the big man. I, I wanna, he, he seems like he could be a pretty big threat, so I just want to see if he's on the level. Okay. Just to let you know, both of them are pretty large. <laughs> okay. Uh, the the half-giant looking okay. guy. <laughs> the big man. Um, uh, so, uh, Ignatius, um, uh, you're going around helping on the boat. Um, is there anything about your attitude or just surface uh, things uh, that Baragon would be picking up on if he's watching you walk around? I'm a little nervous because I don't. I've never seen a giant cloud thing before running towards me. Um, but for the most part, I'm keeping to myself and and just getting my work done. So, yeah, so you basically read him as sort of, you know, he's, you know, he works uh, with Serial here, maybe wasn't fully informed of the plans, and everything that just happened is kind of, you know, not something he's used to in terms of uh, uh, what's going on. So you don't read him as a threat. So. Also, I'm enthralled by the fact that he has something called a gun. Yeah. You see him taking a look every so often, um, trying, trying to sort of see what that thing you were firing was. You noticed that. I noticed that. Uh, I'll, I'll take the gun out and I'll, I'll gesture over to him. Uh, you wondering what this is? Well, yeah. I'd, I've never seen one before. What exactly does it do? I'll, uh, 
point it in the air and I'll squeeze the trigger. And uh, well, well, that was really loud. Well, uh, could you warn me next time, please? Well, one thing, uh, you have to roll, Dan, because there there are a couple special things with shooting a gun, <laughs> as okay. Dan would know. Um, to see if it explodes in his hand. Exactly. <laughs> Dead. Dead already. I rolled an 18. That's so fine. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Essentially, you don't want to roll a 1, 2, or 3 at this point. Um, or else you have to fix your gun. Um, so be aware of that when you're just firing it for fun. Randomly. For <laughs> uh, fun. I, uh, I'll, I'll walk over to the half-giant. This is... Uh, this is Wits. It's my handgun. Uh, it's, it's basically a form of crossbow. The newer. Okay, that makes sense. Just uh, careful with it, and I'll I'll let him hold it. Yeah. Uh, roll an intelligence check for me, uh, Ignatius. Oh, good. Oh, eighteen. Um, so, you've never seen one up close, but you've heard of uh, a new kind of, uh, you know, ranged weapon that's being developed in the uh, Zordon Dominion. Um, because uh, uh, with that intelligence check, you know that they are notorious for uh, creating magical devices. Um, and uh, this one, as far as you can tell from your limited... Uh, you know, knowledge of weapons looks pretty magical. Um, you've never seen anything fire or make that noise um, before. That's very interesting. I don't see myself needing one, but here you go. Thank while you. while he's holding the gun, I'm just, I'm still like I'm casing him. What does he look like? Yeah. So uh, yeah, for the audience that may not have tuned into our character episodes, um, or they would have heard you yet. Uh, uh, Tom, uh, go ahead and describe uh, what Ignatius looks like. Sure. Ignatius is wearing a large brown cloak uh, with a hood. He's rather large. He's probably about eight feet tall, I would imagine. He's half giant. Um, he has his fists and feet wrapped in like a gauze sort of thing, kind of like a fighter would have. Um, uh, he's got a big beard. And he uh, likes to kind of keep his face covered. Yeah, and I should uh, I should have done this earlier when um, Barris and uh, uh, Cyril were talking. Um, just go ahead and describe what they were seeing of each other, just on the outside, you know, uh, look, clothes-wise. Should we do that now? Yeah, yeah, go ahead now. Yeah. Okay. All right, so for Surreal, um, she's got long brown hair, um, tan skin, freckles. She has her hair kind of braided on the sides and kind of fluffed up in the front out of her face. And then all of it's kind of just tucked together in a braid in the back. So being on a ship, obviously, your hair is going to get pretty messed up. She's trying to avoid that as much as possible. Um, she's got mainly a black and gold color scheme, a lot of leather and suede, typical pirate, I guess, garb, um, tall boots. She has some red silks on her, and you notice that her gold accents that she has, it's for fashion and also function. So she's got like big gold skulls on her shoulders of her jacket that's kind of sort of like armor, 
She's got some rings on her fingers, which are for fashion, but also for maybe doing some extra damage if she were to punch somebody, that kind of stuff. So um, she's got her weapons hanging from a big belt around her waist. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what she looks like. Um, Barris is a tiefling. They have a long undercut haircut uh, that goes to the side. He is a, a reddish color, uh, almost like somebody that has a sunburn. Um, he has heterochromia, so his eyes are two different colors, uh, and he's dressed to the nines. He's got this bright blue, perfect suit on, uh, perfect shoe, like nice boots. Um, and the only thing that the outside to what he's carrying is a walking stick. And uh, yeah, uh, let's let's just have Baragon uh, be introduced, and then I have to wait for. Correct. So go ahead. Sure. Uh, so Baragon is a human, and he is in his late thirties. He's a sub sixer. He's about five nine, five ten. A uh, bit of a, a dad bod going on. Uh, he has a grayish green cloak uh, wrapped around him, and he is almost the exact opposite looking of uh, Barris. He his clothes are a little tattered shows that he's been uh, been roughed up a little bit. He has a chest plate that is somehow not dented or dinged or anything like that. It, it doesn't look like it matches the rest of his clothes. And he has on his back a rifle, and on his side he has a six-shooter. Uh, plain black boots that have been weathered, and again, they've seen a lot of, uh, a lot of mileage. And he has a uh, not a big bushy black beard, but it's a it's a big enough black beard. Where again, it's it's got like sticks in it. He's very unkempt at the moment. <laughs> got sticks in it. So uh, so Baragon, as you were uh, talking to Iggy um, about your gun, there you just hear a giant slam uh, behind you, um, and you turn around and see the other figure on the boat uh, just throw down a pile of ropes um, just onto the ground. Um, and, uh, uh, Jonathan, what, what does Rex look like as Baragon turns and looks at him? All right. So Rex is a, um, copper colored robot wearing a leather jacket covered in lots of, um, patches as well as combat boots. Um, and his, he's very, uh, his body is, is heavy armor. And, and so, um, he's a very, very large and very heavy um, and so I, I throw down these ropes and then why am I doing that Mark? You were helping get the ship ready you were just okay. sort of getting you know you guys hurried and just kind of got it out of the water and now you're just bringing everything up onto the deck that was hanging off the side Okay. I, I yeah. just couldn't think of anything bigger that you would be slamming because you're not moving <laughs> cargo or anything <laughs> That would make sure. Baragon look over at you. Um, so, yeah, so you guys are, um, you know, settling in your uh, big, uh, you know, very easy uh, uh, route across, um, you know, the, the Emerald Brook here um, as you're heading uh, from Marley uh, over, over to the Enclave. Um, is there... Uh, Anything else? Any other conversations you want to have before you arrive um, in the safety of the uh, Hill Giant Enclave? 
Uh, I'd like to talk to the giant metal man. <laughs> uh, this this kind of thing, it um, very fascinated by. Would I would I know what a what he is? What would, would I would I have any background knowledge on what he is? Um, uh, give me give me an intelligence check. That is not good. Uh, that's a uh, five. A five. Um, uh, despite the time that you've spent in, um, you know, the Zordon Dominion um, in your life, you've heard of um, metal golems, as you as you uh, uh, sort of perceived it as, um, uh, that they have been uh, trying to uh, create. Uh, so that they can have an unlimited army sort of idea. Um, but you've never seen one up close, and they look a lot more um, lifelike to you than the golems you've run into uh, before. Okay. I'll, uh, that I'll make... more lifelike and sentient, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll make my way over to him. Uh, Privet, uh, metal man. Uh, you are very curious looking. I, are you a construct? What are you? Um, I, yes. You, you see that I, my skin is metal, right? Seems like a, Never really seems like seen a pretty you. obvious answer. I, I have not seen something like you before. You are very curious. What is your name? Thanks. My name's Rex. Oh, well, nice to meet you, Rex. Uh, thank you for your help. You're welcome. Is your uh, is your friend always gonna be like that the whole time here? He's a um, he means well. He's not used to this, so give him time. But he's a good person. Whatever you say. Again, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll uh, I'll bow my head and say. Thank you very much. Walk away. Nice to meet you. Okay. Um, so as you uh, approach the coast, um, uh, Serial knows of a dock um, that sort of isn't patrolled much um, that you can pull off to um, just to make sure you guys are safe. Um, as you settle in, you Rex and Ignatius go around and sort of get the boat anchored and tied into the dock. They've done this plenty of times before. Um, Serial, um, or Surreal, sorry. Um, (laughs) It's going to take me a couple, it's going to take me a couple sessions to not make that mistake. We call her Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch, yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's done. There it is. Yeah. Couldn't even make one session. (laughs) Stop it. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, so surreal. Um, uh, as you guys get there, you um, walk on over to Barris uh, to to find out where exactly um, we need to go from here. Sort of. So, Barris, what uh, what's our next plan of action here? Yes, that's right. Uh, sorry for the uh, the kind of hasty introductions before. You know, uh, we weren't expecting when we first met up again to have two uh, armies of people chasing after us. 
Um, but yes, yeah, so we need to look for the Enclave. Um, we, I have a, a meeting with the mayor uh, on Tana of Nimberg. We need to talk to him. He's supposed to be uh, offering me, uh, you know, what would what, you call it? Uh, uh, restitute, re- uh, I don't even know the word I'm trying to say. <laughs> Restitution. No, salvation. Let's just say that. Alright, and do you have any uh, idea where... Uh, do you have any idea where this mayor is? Sanctuary! Sanctuary, my good man! That is the word I was looking for. He's looking to give us sanctuary. Well, uh, at least a uh, small amount of time. Alright, and do you know where the mayor is? Or are we kind of going in blind? As, bl- as blind as you can be, said Enclave. See me in the Enclave. That is what that letter said. Yeah, so I think, uh, 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 Surreal, I think, uh... Does anybody know that? Uh, uh, I think, uh, Ferris's audio cut out a little bit. Um, uh, it's the, the mayor of Emberburg, um, which, uh, roll, um, uh, I guess, uh, I guess it'd be intelligence for you as well to see what you remember, because you know all these towns up and down the coast. E? Can Rex also roll? Yeah. Or help out yeah. with this? You said intelligence? Yeah. Yeah, so I guess just give her advantage. Um, yeah. Roll with advantage. from the Enclave of Hill Giants, and so yeah. he would also know yeah. some of these towns Correct. and stuff like that. What did you roll, Surreal? 18. 18? And then I roll 14. I roll with um, advantage, right? Correct, so roll again. 18. 18. Okay. Um, you know um, that, and, and Rex would know this as well, um, that Emberburg is uh, just a little bit down the coast. You guys won't have far. You should get there by the end of the day. Um, and what you know of it is it's a town that's very, um, you know, lively and bright. And uh, it, it's one of it's one of the uh, coastal towns that people go for for R&R to sort of relax. And, you know, um, they have a very famous uh, bar there. Um, which uh, Rex would know and would have told you, um, is known as the uh, Vivid Fire um, that is over there. Um, and it's a place where people have uh, play music or they just uh, go there just to uh, drown their sorrows, whichever way they're feeling. Um, so uh, you, uh, you basically, you guys both know uh, where to go for this. Okay. Um, well, might I suggest going to the Vivid Fire first, at least? Um, I'm sure we can all use a pint and kind of relax a bit and maybe try to track down the mayor. Rest, you know. Oh yeah, always up for going to the Vivid Fire. I'm unfamiliar (laughs) with this location, so I will, uh, I will follow your lead. I will, uh, cover the, uh, the first round at the very least. And, uh... That's fine with me. We'll go from there. That may be um, before we leave, I yeah. want to cast Find Familiar. Okay. Um, and you guys see a big, and you probably have seen him anywhere already, but for the audience, you see this big, chunky, block-headed uh, gray pit bull appear. Um, and he's wearing a big, thick, black leather collar with a matching gold skull on it that matches the ones on my shoulders. Um, and I say, Chunk, we're going to go. You stay here and guard the ship, as you always do. 
I'm you are now Penny. Captain Chunk. Yes, you you are now the Captain Chunk, and you you do well, please. And I'll have him just kind of guard the ship, just in case you know people try to sneak aboard. Yeah. So, um, Chunk uh, takes command of the ship, um, and you guys head off. Uh, Emberberg is probably just a couple hours walk. It's not far. Um, you pulled off onto like a side dock, sort of, so you didn't really get. Um, you know, maybe not run into anybody you didn't want to run into, especially seeing uh, groups of soldiers chasing after um, uh, Barris there. Um, uh, real quick, does any, is anyone um, of you five, I forgot to check with your thing, um, proficient in Arcana? Yeah. Okay, whoever is, roll an Arcana check for me for something that I should have had you do a little bit ago. Rex will give surreal advantage again. <laughs> Perfect. My first roll is a 16. Yeah. Okay. Second roll is a 15. So 16. Okay, so 16. So, so you know, um, I don't know if you uh, explained this to the group, but um, uh, Surreal, you know that that giant um, cloud humanoid looking thing that sort of uh, helped you escape um, was an, an air elemental um, okay. that was being used by that army. Uh, to sort of um, uh, attack uh, Barris and Baragon, and you probably think that they may have had a little bit to do with the weather um, over there as well. Um, not 100% sure, not a high enough roll to kind of... But you're, you're just taking uh, things that you've seen in the past. Um, okay. Around there, so... so. Noted. As we're walking into town, I'm going to kind of pull Barris... Just not like noticeably to the side or anything. Just kind of nudge him a little bit from the group. Just uh, I'm, I'm gonna whisper to him, Barris, be careful here. We we don't know where we are. Play low. Well, I'll, I'll do as, as as well as I can to, to uh, adhere to your advice. I, I uh, thanks for the uh, the nice shot back there. Really uh, got us out of that pickle. Welcome. Let's just. Uh, careful we, uh, we're kind of forced to trust these people at the moment but uh, be on your guard cool thing. but you know sometimes my my it, my nature is a little more flamboyant than uh, say laying low allows well, just remember there might be a time where I'm, I am not there to help so. I will uh, look to keep my mouth shut at the most opportune times how about that I'll just put my arm around Barris and give him a, a quick squeeze, and I'll keep walking. Okay, so the uh, five of you approach uh, Emberberg, and as you approach, it's it's kind of near dusk at this point. Um, uh, roll, everybody, roll a perception check as you approach. Fifteen. Sixteen. Fifteen. Fourteen. Okay. Um, so you all got a... Yeah, everyone got above a ten, which... Um, uh, Twenty-one for me. Which is good. Ooh. Yeah, so over twenty. So um, as you approach um, uh, the entry to the town, um, the four of you um, notice that this... Uh, or three of you that aren't Rex and, and Surreal um, notice that the town isn't as lively as they described to you. 
Um, and for the two of you, this seems very out of the ordinary. Not anything nefarious, it's just that none of the lanterns that they're known for, the hanging lanterns through town, are really lit at all, which is very odd. Um, and as you're walking up into town, you see um, a tall, a really large figure and a really small figure sort of looking up at one of the lanterns and kind of having a discussion about it um, as you guys approach the entry to town. Uh, yeah, it's, it's rather dark here. This is not normal. I guess um, Rex wants to talk to the people looking at one of the lanterns. Um, hey, what's going on with the lanterns? We were we were hoping there'd be a party going at the Vivid Fire. And you uh, you see the uh, the the large figure um, turn around, and um, for those of you, it's plainly obvious um, that this is a giant. Um, and he turns around and goes. Oh, well, uh, as you see, uh, there's no lights here. Um, yeah, uh, we don't know what's going on with the, uh, the lights just flickered one day and they, they haven't come back on. We, we don't know um. what to do. And the little guy goes, ah, what? Why don't we just like hit it with a spell or something? Just, just hit it. And it's a little dwarf uh, standing next to him. Uh, maybe that'll do it. I concur with the dwarf. And he goes, uh, "Does anybody, uh, uh, you lot, uh, you look, you look new. Um, do do you guys have anything that maybe maybe set this ablaze?" Uh, I, mean, I don't. I I have something, but I don't know if it might be too powerful. Well, candlelight. Um, I'll. I'll uh, snap my fingers on my gauntlets and I'll shoot a firebolt at the uh... okay. I'll shoot a firebolt yeah, so, at it. So roll to hit to make sure you hit it. Please have a low AC. A 17. 17. So you send the firebolt, it hits it. Um, the thing the thing ignites and you know the you guys see that light that you've seen multiple times uh, Surreal and, and Rex. Um, it lights on, and, uh, you know, the, the giant and the dwarf are, uh, giant smiles on her face. Looks like, you know, finally figured it out. Yeah. And then you notice a couple minutes later, it just dissipates and dulls out again. I go over to, uh, Barry and I say, for someone that just told me to keep a low profile to, uh, shoot fireballs out of their fingertips, uh, maybe you should take your own advice for maybe a little bit of, se a little second or two there, Barry. Well, I did not think that was anything crazy. Just trying to light a fire. Uh, right. Well, I I get your point. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the uh, the the giant looks over and goes, "Thank you." Uh, I guess uh, we uh, we still got to think about this. Uh, uh, Gunner, let's uh, go check in with the. Uh, you know, the, uh, the arcane experts that are in town. And the, uh, the dwarf says, All right, Todd, let's, uh, head on out. And the, uh, the two of them, uh, walk into town. Um, and, um, I'm assuming you guys follow in behind. Um, as you, uh, walk in, um, yeah, everything about the town is the far cry from the description you guys gave. You know, the normal jovial streets that would be full of people, you know, having fun under the lantern light. It's very now empty and melancholy. 
Um, you know, the fame, the hanging lanterns all sit dark. Um, and then obviously the way this is set up, you guys can see without really needing to roll a check. Uh, the vivid fire sits at the end of the, the street that you guys are walking down. Um, but I'll have you all roll perception again as you approach uh, the building. Ooh, a dirty 20. 11. Six. Natural one. <laughs> 13. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, uh, all of you except Rex. Um, Rex is just completely distraught that this town is not how he remembers it. Um, he, uh, <laughs> he had a, uh, a good time and, and had some, uh, really good, uh, musical experiences here. Um, uh, but, and seeing it like this, he's kind of, uh, confused and distraught, um, uh, looking around. But the four of you, um, you notice that the, uh, giant fire pit, which, uh, surreal, um, you know, is where the, uh, the fire crystals are housed, um, for the place that sort of lights the lanterns and keeps them lit and, uh, what allows it to sort of just not really need any replenishing of magic, uh, to keep the town you know, um, uh, under lamplight, um, you notice that all those crystals are really dull. Like, just looks like the rest of the thing, and just looks like, um, you know, uh, it, it's kind of out here. And uh, you notice a couple of those arcane specialists. You see a, a couple hill giants, one with like a clipboard-looking thing, kind of looking over. You see a wizard, um, like an elf-looking wizard. Um, shooting fire spell, uh, different from, uh, what, uh, Baragon did into it, and, uh, it lights it up for a few seconds and then dulls again, um, and they sort of check it out, and, uh, it just sort of seems like, uh, everybody's trying to figure out what the hell happened to all the lights in the town here. Alright, um, I'll point out the fire crystals to the group and just let them know. Um, I believe these are usually the source of, of the light for the lanterns and they seem to be out. I, I feel like something something bigger than what it, it seems is going on here. Okay. Barris is going to find a table in the corner um, big enough to house all of us and he's going to sit with his back towards the corner looking facing the door. Mafioso <laughs> style. He's going to usher everybody over. <laughs> So as you enter the pub, um, the lack of light in there imbues like a dour, depressive R. That is not what the uh, tales you've heard uh, led you to believe. There's a passed out dwarf at the bar, um, just head on head on the uh, counter there. And behind it is an older uh, human um, who uh, has really that bartender R where it looks like he's seen a lot, but you feel really comfortable and you can trust him, you know, if you talk to him. Um... Uh, behind the bar, sort of wiping up, um, uh, just kind of trying to, you know, buy this time. You know, nobody's really ordering anything. Barris goes to the back, finds his seating, and the rest of you enter in to the vivid fire. Uh, how uh, many people are in the bar? Just the passed out dwarf. Just the passed out dwarf, okay. Yeah. Uh, I check for. Any traps or anything along those yeah, lines? So give me an investigation check. Uh, eight. Eight. It looks like a bar to you. Nothing really stands out. It doesn't even look like it's like well, like defend it. You know, 
like they never really have anything attack it or anything. So like it's windows, you know, you know, w windows are open. Like um, so, you're, you're you're normally looking for defense and stuff, and you're kind of just like, oh oh yeah, this would just be a bar, you know. <laughs> as John said, like, why am I okay? And then you you don't find anything as you go through. Okay. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go sit down next to Barris. Can never be too careful, right, Baragon? Like I said, I don't know where we are. This is a. Uh... Sorry, I'll try to be more relaxed. Uh, that's why I keep you around, man. You keep you take a look out for things that I ain't even thinking about. I'm gonna. Didn't I'm, the I'm funny gonna... speaking red guy say he was gonna buy us all drinks? <laughs> You guys at the table? <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. I'm, I'm gonna sit down at the table, um, next to next to Barris and Baragond. Same. Um, so I've noticed the two of you seem to be quite uh, on edge a lot, and I feel like we need to know why that is because, you know, my friends and I are kind of here with you now, and I feel like if we're in danger, we need to know about it. That's kind of the vibe that you're giving off, honestly. Oh, I would agree with you on the uh, on the fact that uh, we were being chased by an army, so I understand that why you would get that feeling from us. Uh, have you ever heard of the Dormantes? My name is Dor Barris Dormante. I want to see how much that name uh, travels these uh, these here parts. Dormante, does that name ring a bell? Would that what I know? Uh, uh, roll, roll uh, um, intelligence to check your memory. Would that be history, maybe? Uh, well, they're not. It's just it would just be her memory of them, not so much their history. Eleven. Eleven. Um, you only like you, you've heard the name a little bit of, uh, and it's really just at the docks. People um, uh, just talking about having, you know, run into and talk to, you know. Um, you know, person by that name. You're not even sure if it's the same. You know, it just... You've heard that name when you were up in the, uh... You know, the docks um, near the... In the Twilight Seeker dynasty in particular. Um, mm -hmm. But nothing that stands out, um... You know, that would make you... You know, you're not studied in the families of, of the dynasty, so... Uh, honestly, I, I travel a lot that I might have heard the name passing through a town or so. Uh, is is that you? Is that someone you know? Uh, yes, yeah, so the Doramantes of Marley, that was my family, very well-off family. My father was uh, a, a lord of sorts uh, at, in that area. Um, and this year, the Baragon is uh, my master at arms. He was my father's master at arms up until a few weeks ago. I guess we're going to call it weeks, right, Mark? Yeah. Yeah, timeline wise. Um, then, while I was uh, I was at boarding school, uh, Baragon comes in one day and says, "Hey, we need to get out of here. You're under uh, your family has been under attack, and you are in danger." Come to find out that my family and their estate has been completely wiped out by another family by the name of the Delacroix. So we are on the run of no of no reason for what I've ever done 
Um, my, my father was a great man. I don't think it was anything that he's ever done, neither. But then I get this letter telling me to come here to the Enclave and speak to the mayor. Uh, he says that he can help us because he heard of what happened to my family. Now, uh, my... I am... Uh, I Usually my, my riches are infinite, but currently I'm finding myself quite finite in my financial situation. So, uh, while I can... Uh, for you this round and possibly even the next there is a limit to uh, where my riches will go but I assure you that that is a open temporary situation I understand I'm sorry to hear of your family um, well we would uh, we would greatly appreciate the discretion captain understood um, I can do that. Uh, I want you guys to know, and I don't know if you even knew this, uh, that, that giant cloudy creature that was chasing you before we, before we set sail, that was a, that was a, uh, an air elemental. I don't know if you guys have ever dealt with those before. That's, that's very powerful stuff. So this family that you said overtook your own, uh, do you know much about them and, and the, clearly the powers that they, they wield? Cause that's, that's something very serious. That is the first time I've encountered an elemental. Um, he had relations with with that. No, I don't mean sexually. I'm sorry. It sounded weird. <laughs> no <laughs> uh, judgments here. The Delacroix, they're not far from where we come from. So, you know, their political and uh, social dealings with them, but uh, not so much so that uh, they would, uh, you know, massacre my family and the people that work underneath them. So uh, this is the first of any knowledge I would have that this, they were capable of such a thing. All right. Well, that's something we need to keep in mind. That hopefully they don't continue to track us. Um, and I will take that drink now, please. Of course. So I motion for the bartender. Yeah, and he, uh, he comes walking over, um, sort of, you know, brushes his hand on, on the, uh, apron that he's wearing, and he goes, uh, so how can I help you guys? Well, I, I believe I owe my friends here uh, a round of spirits, so uh, I'll let them uh, order for themselves, and uh, I can put that on my, uh, on my tab. You do so kindly. No problem. So, uh, uh, do you guys want anything besides ale? Uh, two for me, please. It's about the same, same as one for a normal person. Uh, nothing for me, thank you. Are you sure? I'll let you choose. <laughs> Go ahead. We've been through. We've been through a lot, Barry. You don't want to drink. Well, like my friend said, we are. We are kind of taking care of our uh, financial situation, so I'll pass this time. Next time. You can bring him a drink, and if he won't drink it, I'll drink it for him, please. So I'll have I'll have your strongest ale and make it double for Barry and I. Okay. Uh, so those, and... Uh, and he looks over and he points at Rex. He's like, You. I've seen you before. Yeah. You, you you had that kick-ass show like two years ago, weren't you? Oh, uh, yeah. Thanks. Glad you remember. Oh, man. Uh, 
Well, um, since you guys are hanging out with, uh, yeah, your name's Rex, correct? Yeah. Awesome. You know what? First drink on me. You got you guys got a celebrity here, and he sort of walks away to uh, go grab your your ales. I just look very uh, suspiciously at Rex. I sus Rex. <laughs> a celebrity, huh? Mind explaining yeah. that? I mean, um, I that show must have been when I was still with the Boys of Summer, and uh, we we. <laughs> went on tour and we played a lot of raucous shows um that's why i was i was hoping this place was gonna be um a lot livelier so that we'd um we'd be able to have a good party but this is um this is a little bit lame the, one one of the tenets of the church and rock church of rock and roll is that we have to tie um tithe so give 10% of our earnings to places that um, help foster community and, you know, <laughs> like uh, bars. So. Is there any other celebrities in our midst? <laughs> it would be very nice to know that ahead of time. I can say for a fact I am not a celebrity of any sort. No, but you, John, man. Nope. Nope. No, I'm more of an outcast than a celebrity. Well, that, uh, that fits. You can be both. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, uh, you said shows, are you performer? Um, yeah, Mark, what were you thinking when you said that? Because <laughs> I wasn't intending that he was a performer. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, essentially what I was saying was, you know, we went through, you know, your... The ways you're going through the uh, uh, the Church of Rock and Roll, you've been with the Hill Giants, so this would have been your thing to uh, showcase your great performance or something um, in front of them. Oh, you what know? I was picturing with the tours is just that it's like traveling around doing adventure stuff. Oh, okay. And things like that. Oh. Just you're... using the term tour, <laughs> <laughs> but not actually playing music, so... Um. That's yeah. fine. It was doing adventure stuff, not a show. So, yeah, we'll wreck on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're still a celebrity to him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he, you were just speaking of the church and rock and roll, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, I've never heard of uh, this church. Is it? Uh... No. No, it's a pretty long-standing tradition in the enclave. Interesting. Uh, you'll have to tell me more about it sometime. I would be happy to. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you uh, finish up, the uh, the bartender comes back, um, puts the the ales in front of you as you have ordered, and um, he goes, "So, uh, uh, what brings you to Emberburg? Uh, normally, it's a lot more fun, uh, but you know, we have a little trouble with the light outside. You know, we couldn't leave the light on for everyone." Um, well, and he kind of, kind of, like, he <laughs> laughs to himself, like, he's trying. It's, like, really depressing in this place. I can tell you, we did come for the fun, so we're a bit disappointed. Well, you know, the, uh, the lights went out recently, and, uh, 
you know, we, um, uh, Mayor Jome just, uh, he, um, yeah, he's, yeah, so he's not here right now, um, kinda, kinda went to go solve the problem, but, uh, yeah, and you, does anybody wanna, um, what are these uh, lights? What happened, what happened to the mayor? Um, uh, yeah, just to have you do, um, roll, roll an insight check, Iggy, um, while he answers that question. Um, he goes, uh, well, the, the pit outside is usually lit up pretty well, and, uh, it's now, you know, dull and all the lights and the arcane specialists can't really figure out how to... Um, do it. We don't want to really want to call in anyone from either the Dynasty or the Dominion, you know, kind of, we kind of like to keep it chill here in the Enclave. Um, uh, there's only one thing we know of, and the, uh, the mayor went to try to do that. Uh, what'd you roll, Ignatius? Say it again. 16. 16. You can tell that, um, he's really, like, uh, sad and upset because he's come resigned to the fact that, you know, he may not see the mayor again in his mind. Um, is there anything we can do to help? Uh, well, he did, um, that damn fool. He went to the, uh, the Fire Opal Cave, which is just outside of town to, um, you know, secure another fire crystal that sort of grows in there. But, uh, it's it's way too dangerous. Nobody that's gone in there has ever come back out. Um, you know, people have been trying to steal. Um, you know what we can do here for for generations, and every time they go in that cave, no matter how good they they just they just don't come out. Um, you know, it's uh, yeah. I'm 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 worried. Sounds like a damn fool for going in by himself, if you ask me. Well, Kerr, this is an elected official that went in to find this. He didn't. He didn't hire out anybody to try and figure this out. He did on his own time. Right. Yeah. To be he, honest, uh, uh, dragon boards can be kind of stubborn. So um, he, uh, everybody he tried to go help him or go with him, all did not want to go just because of the history. It's uh, it's said that the cave is under the. Uh, have you guys ever heard of the stick? of the six in this area. Um, so for Rex and um, Surreal, roll history checks for me. Well, dirty 20. Another dirty 20. Nine. Nine. Okay. Uh, so uh, Surreal, um, you know the six um, are like... Um, for for modern purposes, would be essentially like uh, like like heads of mob families, essentially, um, and nobody really knows um, what they look like in particular. They just go by um, like uh, their names have been passed down um, uh, from family to family, and they are uh, known just by in all stories and all that you've read on them. Uh, they are just known as the Unseen One, the Immortal, the Beast, the Sea Monster, the Braindead Oaf, and the Crooning Phantasm. And that is all that is known of them. There's no descriptions of what they look like. 
or anything, and uh, going into any uh, location that is supposed to be run by them, um, unless if you are uh, on their side or, um, you know, it's just certain death. That's what all the stories have told you. Okay. Uh, well, I, I have heard of the six. That's not exactly a group you'd want to run into, singly or together as a group. And this guy went in to one of their areas? Yeah, and the, the bartender goes, he, he thinks he can get in and out before they notice that he is even there. Um, uh, if you guys are able to and want to, um, I'd appreciate it if you went in and checked on Joan. Um, but, yeah, and also, you're the first group to come through here in a while, so if you could secure crystals instead as well, that would work. You know, just you, something. Like, are you an official of this town? Are you just... Excuse me, but I, it sounds like you're, you're giving us orders, and that's, that just seems kind of weird. But I'm just uh, got. Do you have, uh... Uh, a rank in, the, in this town, or are you just uh, giving out this uh, this quest for everybody that comes into this year bar? Uh, honestly, I'm. I, it's only been you know a, a week or so that the lights have been out, and there's been no business in here. So uh, I'm just trying to get this town back on its feet. I'm really the only, I guess you would call it the, um, like sort of the. Uh, uh, the quote-unquote leader of the town because everybody sort of knows my name. You know to him. I am, <laughs> I am willing to risk life and limb to prevent this place from being lame. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I come to understand that in certain unprecedented times they can be really difficult on small business owners. Is that what the, uh, the long and short of it is? It's like, yeah, this 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 bar is like the lifeblood of this, uh, this town in terms of its... its uh, it's mood and entertainment, but without the lights um, uh, that inhabit here, um, this place, as you can tell, and as uh, uh, Rex has pointed out, the uh, it is very lame in here um, without the sort of, of, of brightness that the uh, fire crystals provide us. So anything you can do to help would be great. Um, just sort of desperate at the moment, so that's why I'm just offering it to basically anybody. Um, I tried to talk that guy, and he points to the drunk dwarf on the table. But, um... Uh, he just said that, uh... He'll let me know if I gave him one more free ale. That was about seven ales ago. Um, and I think he might have been scamming me. I think uh, so. Yes. I think you're correct there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll uh, I'll look at Barris and I'll say, you know, Barris, this is. What do you think? Uh, um. Uh, I go to the bartender. Well, thank you. So we'll we'll uh, we'll have a conversation about uh, this this quest you've given us, to, and uh, we'll we'll ask you any more questions if we have some. So uh, we just need to have a, a private conversation about these uh, going forwards. Yeah, and he's like, if if, if it's any. Um, consolation, I can offer some financial incentive if needed. We just really need the lights back on and our mayor to return. Of course, that of course. That sounds great. So he heads back behind the bar. 
So, well, that was sort of the guy I was here to see. So apparently, um, he didn't really think too far ahead in his uh, timeline and uh, say, told me to come here. It's kind of rude of him, right? He says he was going to meet us, and then he just walks off to uh, a cave. <laughs> it is very peculiar. Also, I don't understand why these small businesses just didn't plan for bad things to happen and just save their gold and their silver and their copper uh, for times like this. I don't understand. Can, we, can this, we get rid uh, of do you want to just leave? I'd be really happy if you just left now. <laughs> I'll, I'll put I'll put up a hand. Like just hold hold, please, Batis. We talked about this. You can't say these things. Uh, it's a genuine curious question. Not everybody is as fortunate as you are. We are. Uh... We are still learning. We're still learning, but uh, Rex, the uh, he he seems to really love this place. And uh, Captain, uh, I mean, brought us here. So, and we do need to meet this man. What do you say? Right. Well, I will not do it for anything less than a lot of money. So, we'll have to see what they're going to offer us. It's uh, very generous of you. Can I, I'm gonna butt in real quick and to surreal. They may, they might know more about you know what I've been looking for too, so couldn't hurt. True. I mean, if if the six are involved, there's a good chance we could find out more about both of our situations. So, all right, I'll do it for less than a lot of money. How about that? That's <laughs> good. Yes, this is really hard for me to do that, but I will do that out of the kindness of my heart. All right. Uh, we want to bring back uh, King Bartender. He seems to be the... Uh, the I guess. I'll, I'll motion over to... Uh, <laughs> did, did he give us his name? We didn't even ask his name. We are so... We're not good at this. <laughs> no. You aren't. <laughs> We're just trusting. His name is Bartender. <laughs> yeah, his name is Bartender. What's what's the big uh, deal? To be fair, we, uh, we did not believe that the bartender was going to start offering us jobs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he uh, returns and he goes, uh, so have you uh, given thought to, to my offer? So what is your name? Uh, so my name is uh, Magnus Bodenheimer. I am the proprietor of the Vivid uh, Fire. So I can't that... wait for Mark to mess up that name 700 times before the end of this. But most people just call me Magnus. He's <laughs> a Magnus. very strong name, Magnus. <laughs> yes, the, uh... he's a kingly name. <laughs> yes, I. Uh... <sighs> it's it, it was my father's name, and uh, once we. Uh... Uh, set up shop here. Um, I felt that the uh, best thing I could do um, to honor his, uh, well, I guess, love of drinking would be a kind way of putting it. Um, I would at least make a bar that wasn't as depressing as the places he used to drag me around as a child. Wow. That got heavy. That very sad. <laughs> Pe people say I don't have a filter. I don't know what they're talking about. 
started to come to realize that I might have less of a filter as well, so I mean, understand. Uh, I just kind of. Uh, all right, so the the uh, the most I can offer is a uh, thousand gold for uh, all of you. So I guess that'd be two hundred apiece. The if you can successfully bring uh, both. Uh, uh, you know, the mayor back and, uh, a fire crystal as well. Um, I, to be honest, and, uh, I'm just looking for at least one of those things to come back, so don't try to kill yourself over getting both. Probably being, bring right. back the person is, uh, you know, that'd be probably more important, I'd imagine. Yeah. Is that what you got from that? Because that's not what I got from that. <laughs> so he, uh, he goes... I'm hoping. <laughs> and he goes... Alright, so the um, cave is right behind town. It's like half hour. You guys should be able to get there before dark. Um, uh, I will uh, let you finish your ale and just... Um, you know, just come back and see me once you, uh, once you bring... Um, something back, you know. Uh, Joe Montagna would be um, a big loss to this town. So, we need him back as well. We can figure out the crystal thing later. Alright, well, we'll do our best. Alright. Uh, so, raise my glass. So, you guys uh, finish your drinks, you get ready, um, and uh, that is where we'll end the uh, first episode.